Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast, the show empowering and educating people on how they can grow, manage, and protect their wealth through real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Bailey Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Kramer, and today we are joined by our very special guest, Zach Harith. Zach is a broker and a real estate investor based in Indianapolis, Indiana. Zach got started in real estate when he purchased his first rental property while still in college. Today, Zach is focused on growing his rental portfolio and building his team at Elite Indie Realty Group. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hey, Bailey. What's going on, man? I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm super excited to just dive into everything you've been up to for the past five or so years that uh, you kind of been in the business and, you know, just kind of reading your bio, learning more about you. We kind of have pretty similar beginnings. I know you're young, you're a young guy as well. So I'm excited to, you know, you're kind of five years down the line from where I'm at. So it's kind of cool to see how you got started, where you're at now, and um, just kind of dive into your story. So if you want to get started, yeah. And just tell the listeners a little bit more about you and then we'll kind of dive in. Sure, man. Well, like I said, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. I I appreciate uh, the opportunity to get on and talk to you and and the audience. But uh, yeah, I kind of started, you know, similar to a lot of folks like Red Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, kind of the same song and dance. And so I was going to school in Florida, um, probably right down the road from you in Fort Myers uh, or Estero at Florida Gulf Coast University. And I was working for a company that kind of opened my eyes to real estate. And at the time, I didn't really have much money. I had, you know, a few thousand dollars to my name. And, you know, looking at property values in Florida, especially kind of that Fort Myers, Naples area, pretty expensive, right? Yeah. And this is 2017, 2018. I'm thinking, man, I don't have two or 300 grand. So <laughs> um, long story short, I ended up moving back to Indianapolis, uh, you know, kind of sh- moved back in with the parents and, and kind of bit the bullet there, finished school at a, at a different college and started, started buying real estate. I started looking at hundreds of homes. I still didn't have any money. I was valeting cars, trying to, to save a little bit up while I was getting my real estate license and uh, just walking property, right? Walking single families, trying to figure out, hey, um, what I realized in Florida was the people who owned the homes were the, were the folks who actually made the money. It wasn't always the real estate agents, <laughs> but I, I figured, hey, I can, I can do both of that, right? I could be a real estate agent. I can earn commission money and I can buy real estate. So that's what I did. And, and I figured, hey, if I move back to Indy, you know, my likelihood of buying homes quicker at twenty or thirty thousand uh, dollars, there's probably a higher chance of that than buying a two or three hundred thousand dollar home uh, in Florida. Now, in 2020 hindsight, if I know if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> I would have started buying down there. Just you know, <laughs> the ability to raise private money and, and all that stuff, but it's all relative. So, yeah, I moved back to Indy, um, started buying some single families, raising private money, and, and that kind of snowballed into multifamily. Um, building out somewhat of a brokerage team and really trying to figure out, hey, who is going to be the right fit to help me grow this freaking beast, right? And, and kind of creating that well-oiled machine of um, creating a nice portfolio that's, that's going to cash flow for you. So um, graduated December of 2019. And uh, while in college, like I said, had a couple of single family rentals and, and picked up a few apartment buildings. And now I'm more so focused on uh, larger apartment buildings. I say larger, you know, 50 to just under 100. And I'll still do a little bit of brokerage uh, here and there as well. Awesome. Well, very, very cool story. That's my, very cool story. That's what? my quick intro, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and, and pl- plenty to dive yeah. into there. So I want to take it back to the college days. And I know yeah. you said Rich Dad, Poor Dad was, was a big influence on you. 
And, and you also yep. worked at a turnkey company, like you mentioned. It was like a like a lease to own company. I was okay. a, I was like an intern there, and then I ended okay. up my uh, my Florida real estate license. Gotcha. So so, so what made kind of- what made you actually go from reading the book and you know working at this company or being an intern yeah. to actually like taking the taking the step forward, getting your license, and and actually you know take the leap. Well, so after I got my real estate license, I left this like lease to own company I was at and I, I didn't really have any business. Like I didn't, I didn't really, I could, I wasn't selling homes. Right. I didn't really know anybody. I was just getting started. And so I'm cold calling people. I'm knocking doors. But what I found was I was able to start doing leasing for the college students. So it's like, you know, my friends are like these fraternity groups of fraternities or sororities like, Hey, we need a house to rent. And like, I was the guy, like <laughs> I would, I would have people like come to Starbucks. I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to be here from, you know, one to four, you come see me. We'll get it. We'll get a date that we'll get like all these places. And it was so cool. Cause like I would go out like and party and like, you know, these people that worked at the bars like, Oh, Zach, he's helping us find a place. <laughs> so I realized that, you know, I could go and earn commissions from helping like lease these properties. But I'm like looking at these leases, you know, before everybody's signing, I'm like, hey, this this owner's about to make 600 bucks per room every single month. And he just he's not even doing it. Right. So I, I leased up this one. It was it was a single family home. It was a six bedroom, six hundred dollars per month. And I'm like, Damn, dude, this is making thirty six hundred bucks a month. Right. Back then, I'm like, that's a lot of money. Right. So uh, that was kind of the, the light bulb moment that went off for me. And I'm like, man, I need to I need to I need to be a part of that. Right. Like, I don't want just a one time commission. I want it every single month. It's like Christmas 13 times a year. <laughs> so uh, it, that's kind of the, the light bulb moment um, that went off for me. And, and so at that point, you know, within about a month or two, I, I ended up calling my parents. I'm like, Hey, um, I want to come home and start like find some real estate. They, they probably <laughs> thought I was crazy. That was the third time I transferred uh, schools. So, you know, that's kind of the world works in, in weird ways, but that's right. So very, very cool. So you moved back home. And you're like, all right, I want to buy some real estate. Did you have an idea of what type of real estate? I know you said you're obviously leasing residential single families, but how do you even get about picking what asset class, the area, all that? Like I didn't have any money. So I'm like, I'm just gonna buy the cheapest thing I can find. Right. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, if I have like six or $8,000, surely I can go find like maybe another 20. And I ended up doing that within family. So then the family money, you know, ended up going like kind of leading me to family friends and then family friends kind of leading me go to go outside of that and go network and go to these different conferences. And that's where I found ex- you know, external partners from just like your immediate network. Right. So I just started walking single families um, in areas that I knew. So like I grew up uh, or I didn't grow up, but I went to high school in an area that wasn't like the greatest. Like you had this little like private school in this like shitty area. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I kind of knew that area. So I knew that we could pick up houses for, you know, right around 30 grand and they were wow. solid homes. They would rent out pretty easily. And, and so that's what I did. So um, I was sitting in like my real estate course uh, when we got an accepted contract and um, my mom and dad had agreed to do like a joint venture with me, like a 50, 50. So they put up the money to buy the house. So I, then I had to do kind of the grunt work on the management, the leasing, the, you know, the maintenance, the whole nine. Right. And so that kind of, like I said, it, it snowballed or, or kind of gave me some momentum into doing more of that. And so I ended up buying a bunch in this little neighborhood of single families and um, we're picking them up for, for pretty good prices. I was either flipping them or I was running them out. So that's kind of, that's what it Yeah. Very cool. So I, I'm, I'm sure people are listening to this and saying house for $30,000. Where in the world can I get a house like that? Do you, yeah. do you think it was 
you know, kind of more of the Midwest some markets that, that, yeah. I mean, it, so it was, it's in Indianapolis, right? Um, yeah. The Midwest markets are cheap, right? You're in Orlando. You, you don't see that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, you, you like maybe a, a dog, you know, like a back house or something. Yeah. There's always but, another zero at the end. It might be 30 yeah. and then 300. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this was 20, I think 2017, 2018 um, that, that I had bought this and uh, you know, prices back then were still pretty cheap, right? It's, it's not that long ago. Um, but you know, some people think, oh my gosh, 20, $30,000, like that place must be a freaking crack house. It, it's not right. I mean, there's, there's certainly out there in, in some of these markets in the Midwest. So you have to be careful. Um, right. you know, what you, what you would go pay for that house today, you'd probably pay, you know, 50, 60,000 for. Right. So, you know, um, that's kind of how I got into it. I'm lucky that I just dove head first. Cause I mean, I was sitting in, you know, the aisle of Lowe's, like looking for a rent sign. Like, dude, I don't, I don't know how to lease this thing out. Right? <laughs> so you stick that thing in the yard and you start getting calls like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> so that was, you know, doing the self-management, it kind of, it really helped me learn. And, you know, it's like we were talking before we got on, you know, rolling up the sleeves and some of the, the work itself. I think it really gives you a good understanding of, um, you know, the costs associated with it, the processes associated with it. So that, you know, when you do get to the point of, Hey, I can hire a property manager. I can hire a contractor. You, they can't pull the wool over your eyes and say, well, this is how it is. And you're like, no, 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 no. I've already done this. Right. You, right. you know that. So it's not to try to, you know, like you just want to make sure, I think that you're well-equipped from a knowledge standpoint, from, ex, from like real world experience to see a lot of people. Right. They're like, yeah, like I'm this big real estate investor. And I got all these, da, 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 da. and it's like, dude, you do not know your head from your butt, man. And <laughs> like, there is nothing wrong with starting with, you know, a small multi-family building or a single family and letting that build momentum because you're not, you're not only learning, but you're gaining confidence in yourself. And as you're documenting that, or you're doing podcasts, or you're doing these YouTube, whatever that may be, however that looks, other people see what you're doing, right? So they're gaining confidence in you. They're seeing what you're doing. You're kind of creating that presence in the marketplace within your network that hey dude right. you're the real estate guy right and so you know when i moved back to, to andy people are like, oh yeah you need to transfer through time to go buy real estate and it's like yeah now you guys work a normal job so <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding but like i think i think that's like a it's you have to have like you know a little bit of, of stomach to to kind of deal with that because you know when you're first starting out the it's all for me it's all momentum play and you know, when you first getting started, it's hard, man. Like you don't really maybe have any money. You don't really know what the heck's going on. It's like, all right, well, you know, here we go. Yeah. So, uh, and I love that you mentioned that. And I want to, I want to key in on one thing. I think a lot of people who are watching the the guru YouTubers and just kind of seeing the gurus, they're, they're like, oh, I just bought this hundred, hundred unit apartment complex. Yep. It took me like a day and it was so easy. Yeah. And, and the problem with that is, is when people are watching and this happened a little bit to me too, kind of when I was first, first, first getting started was I'd see these, these gurus saying go hundred units or more. If you don't like yeah. you're wasting your time, you know, all this crazy stuff. And basically in the past six months, I finally realized and kind of gave myself permission from just kind of listening to more realistic people yeah kind of the motto think big but start small and like you said you can start with a single family and build the momentum and that's what i'm actually doing now when i, I you know when i was first getting started i was like 100 units are up i don't want to see anything below 
And now looking back, I'm like, Bailey, what, are, what were we doing? But yeah, man, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like I see some of these people or I have calls. Like I, I'm, I'm always down to talk to people and just kind of see where they're coming from. If there's any, anything that I can help with, like I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll do 15, 30 minute calls. And I, I like talk to some of these dudes who are like my age or your age. And they're like, yeah, I just got the, uh, the OM, you know, from the broker. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to syndicate a 300 unit apartment. Bill. And, and look, there's probably like maybe a small percentage of them that do that. But the reality of it is like, dude, you have no idea what the heck's going on. Right. And so, right, well, I'll right. just increase the rent, decrease the expenses. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's not, I mean, you know, it, and that's fine because like for people that are, are like actually doing deal, like, you know, people will ask me like, well, you know, what, what's all your processes? And it's like, dude, I just do deals. Like I love to do deals and it gives me a rush. And right. so, you know, there's probably a better way about how I could go in terms of streamlining that process and bringing all these people on. But the reality of it is like, dude, people can be your best and your worst asset, right? So right. you have to be very, very clear on, you know, the kind of people that you want to work with. And dude, if they don't fit in your circle, you got to be, you know, you got to be kind of quick to hire, quick to fire. Right. right. No, totally. Slow to, what is it? Slow to hire, quick to fire. <laughs> Something along so, those lines. <laughs> you know, um, I, like I used to think that people were kind of full of it when they said, hey, like your team is very important, not just like a brokerage team, but like your tax people, your legal, right? Your property inspectors, your, your loan, your loan brokers, like all these people are super important. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. But dude, as you start to grow a larger portfolio and you get more than a couple of single families or one apartment, like there's a lot of moving pieces. And so that, that is important to have those people, right. you know, on your side and, and having an open line of communication. For sure. For sure. So just to kind of take it back to that first deal you were mentioning, can we kind yeah. of dive into what the deal looked like? Was it a flip? Yeah. Did you, you know, kind of, kind of how, how it went down. Dude, it was a badass deal because first of all, so I, like, I didn't know, I didn't, like I said, I had, I had like six grand. Um, I remember like I'm sitting in the, um, real estate class I had to valet that night so I like go to I go to work at that valley knowing that we had accepted this offer and one of the guys that uh that like owned this valet company and his his kid follows me on Instagram so he'll probably see this if you post on Instagram <laughs> but his dad or his uncle wh whoever owned this company like I'm sitting on this little like I had my foot rest on this little thing this is a super weird detail but I never forget this he like walks up and I like had my foot rest on this thing he's like what do you think you're doing? He's like, starts yelling at me. And I'm like, dude, who, do, who does this guy think he is? So like the next day I just, I stopped coming. Like I just, I didn't call anybody. I just cold turkey because I knew we had this deal. And I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going all in with real estate. <laughs> so I stopped the valet. Um, we got things going with this house, but just in terms of numbers. So it was, uh, I think it was like listed around 30 grand, completely vacant. Um, the guy who had owned it before was using a rental property and the previous tenant just tore it up. So he went in, redid everything. It was a time in the market where properties were kind of sitting for a long time. So we threw in an offer at like 28 grand and uh, he accepted it. So it was like essentially turnkey. People don't believe me, but like I literally went in and put a new light bulb in. So that wow. was like the extent to get it quote unquote rent ready. Um, threw a rent sign in the yard. I think we rented that thing within like a couple of days for 800 bucks a month. So I'm like, damn dude, like, $28,000, 800 bucks. My parents, you know, who'd, who'd invest in the deal, they're like, well, let's go do this, you know, again and again. And so I'm like, you know, placing the tenant, doing the leases, all this stuff. So we set, we did like month to month with these people for 800 bucks a month for, I think three or four months. And then I re-signed them at 650. So, you know, not bad. Um, but like, I think 10 or 11 months later, 
the market really caught on fire. So I sold the house, uh, I think for 48. So from 28 to 48 uh, in about a year. And then I 1031 that deal into my first apartment building. So it was kind of like, not like a no money down type deal, but it was was 28 to 48 to 125 for a 10 year apartment building. So it was was kind of a cool little first experience. But like I said earlier, it's, it's all that momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know you mentioned that you you partnered with your parents on the first deal. Yep. Yep. Well, did you guys buy it cash or? Yeah. So a lot yeah. of like a lot of banks won't touch these loans that are like sub right. 50. But, um, you know, as I started to do more of this and, you know, cause my parents would talk to, you know, my grandparents or my aunts and uncles would be like, Oh yeah, this is what Zach's doing. They'd be like, Oh, well, Hey, like, you know, what, can we get on one of these? And then, yeah. you know, then they'd start talking to people and I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, my uncle's buddy, you know, Hey, what do you, <laughs> so that's kind of like how it, it's like what we talked about, right? You start becoming that guy or that gal in your network that is the real estate person and not just like the agent, like, Hey, let me sell your house. Like, <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you can leverage those relationships, especially if you don't have much money starting out um, and, and you really treat people's money, like, you know, like with a lot of respect, whether it's 20 grand or 200 grand, it's going to go a long way. So like those same people, my parents, some of these first folks that like invested in some of those early deals, dude, now I can call it, Hey, I need 50 grand. No problem. Here's the one. Right. And it's because right. I've worked with their money and they trust me. And so, you know, really you only have one face card in this game. So if you start like kind of acting like a DB and treating people bad, like right. that's going to get around. That's not just with raising money. That's with being an agent. That's with, you know, like <laughs> it's a small network, man. It really right. is. So, you know, just, I think doing right by others is huge. For sure. hundred percent. So you, you were kind of in the middle of the first deal, getting your license at the same time. Where yep. do you go? I guess, professionally from there, did you, did you just become a full-time agent? Well, so I was, I was like a little behind in school because I had transferred so many times. <laughs> but I was like, a, I was like a half semester behind. Okay. So I was like loading up on courses. Um, I'm trying to work full-time, like selling houses and dude, it is a freaking nightmare. So like I ended up getting a virtual assistant to do a lot of my homework. Um, like while, while I'd go and like, we'll have to do a set, we'll have to do a separate, uh, separate private session on just homework, virtual assistant <laughs> tips. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I had that going, um, just because like, it was literally, it was just out of necessity. And, um, so I'm like, okay, well, if she can like write my papers and do all the other BS, like I can go do deals. And, uh, cause like I would be going to class and I'd have to leave or I'd always be on the phone. I'm like, dude, I just don't have time for this. And I didn't want to like throw the talent because my, my parents had paid for school and like, I'm the only kid. So I didn't want to like be disrespectful, but uh, it was definitely a little bit of a stretch. You know, I think it, it challenged me to, to have multiple things in the air at one time and, and kind of learn how to juggle that. But uh, dude, while I was in college, like I, I honestly got like kind of some FOMO about, you know, like my, my friends and stuff, they go work these like cool internships and like, California or Texas or like Florida even. And it's like, dude, they're working these badass companies and I'm like slinging $30,000 houses. <laughs> I'm like, dude, am I doing the right thing here? Right. So there's a lot of that, like internal, like questioning going on. And I am so glad that I didn't go and work those internships and do all that, that kind of, you know, corporate type stuff. Because right. like now I've learned that, dude, I can wake up and, and I can control my income. I can control my cash flow. And I'm not dependent upon anybody writing, you know, stroke me a check. So right. um, that professionally, yeah, I, I became a full-time agent essentially, you know, what, right when I started the business. So I think like 
when I first moved back, I was like, okay, I need to justify to myself that I, ha- I can make a certain amount of income. And I was like, hey, I need to try to make 50 grand while I'm in school. So I think I ended up making like 52 or $54,000 um, that, that year I was an agent. And I'm like, okay, all right. And now I don't have to go work for somebody. If I can continue to do right. this, you know, not that 50 grand is much money, but I know that I can, I can at least hold myself accountable to be able to go out and, and earn for myself. Right. So ever since then, I, I haven't worked for anybody. Um, it's, it's always been, hey, agent, doing flips, doing rental properties. Love and it. like I said, just building that portfolio out. Sweet, sweet. And so I know you also you built a, a brokerage team as well. Yeah. So can you kind of talk about, sure. you know, talk, talk about that a little bit and what, yeah. what your kind of role is in it? Yeah. So um, there's only a handful of us. Um, and, and really it started because organically I was, I was getting spread too thin in terms of my bandwidth. And yeah. so I, you know, there was actually a guy who was sitting next to me in a class and he was a younger guy, kind of like yourself. And he's like, Hey man, uh, you're always on the phone. And you know, I hear you got a couple of rental properties. Like, like the professors would always have like get, have me get up and speak about like all the like stuff I had going on. And he's like, yeah, I got like a handful of rental properties too. I'm like, damn, this dude's young. Like what's going on with him? He's like, yeah, I want to get my real estate license. And uh, he's like, can I just come like follow you around? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. So he, uh, he ended up like kind of just like not really being an intern, but just like providing value, like yeah. not asking him. I wasn't paying this guy and uh, he ended up getting his license. I kind of helped him through a couple things and then he ended up being like the first first person on the team and you know it was, it was more or less like I had I had a lot of investment like investor clients where I just couldn't right. handle I can't I couldn't handle them at you know, one time and so like I said organically I started to grow this team out and so now um, you know like I said I'm not doing as much as much brokerage now as what I am just focused on building my own portfolio right um, and putting these joint venture deals together just because like it becomes a chase, right? The commission game is a chase and right. it's, you see like, cause you're a real estate agent too, right? Um, no, I'm not an agent. I actually, I, I took the course, okay. but I haven't taken the test yet. I, okay. I'm still okay. up in the air of, if, if I even want to do okay. that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a decent way to earn income. Like don't get me wrong. Right. It is, but it, it, like I said, you, you spend this time, like you're almost like a glorified servant to some extent, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially like on the residential side, because you run around, you run around, you run around, like go show all these houses and do all these open houses. And like, dude, I just, I, I don't have the patience for it. Like to me, it, it like on the investor side, it needs to be very black and white. Like do the numbers work? Okay, great. Let's write the offer. Let's get it going. Right. Da, 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 da. Like I don't care if the carpet matches the drapes. Like I'm not there for the open concept. I'm here to make money. <laughs> right. I'm here to make you money. Um, and, and so that's kind of where, like, as I've gotten, older and a little bit more clear on, on what I want to do. I'm moving more so away from the brokerage side of things and doing less of that. And like I said, building the portfolio, if there's a single family deal that comes up and I'm like, okay, it's a good deal. I'll put it under contract and I'll call up some of my clients say, Hey man, I'll, I'll wholesale this to you. I'll double close this to you. Um, and there, there's more meat on the bone there for them. I think because it's, it's a deal that's not just coming from like the MLS or Zillow. Right. It's like, Hey, Zach is, Zach is sourcing these deals off market. He's able to go direct seller there's still equity in the deal. It's a good deal. And, and I will not put something under contract if I don't want to close it. So what I'll do is right. I'll typically raise private money and then I'll, I'll put the thing under contract. They'll say, Hey, if it's a house, you know, I'll raise whatever it is to, to buy the house and some rehab costs. Then I'll put it under contract. And if I don't sell it, I'll close the thing. I'll just put it in the portfolio. I think it's tough because you kind of get sidetracked from like, for me personally, going and buying larger multifamily. Right. But dude, when you have houses that you, you can pick up so cheap and cash flow so well, you know, it's, it's hard to get away from that. So, right. Sorry, we kind of got off on a tangent there, but just, 
yeah, kind of more so migrating away from the agent side of things, um, but still keeping my licenses both in Indiana and Florida active. Um, just because, you know, you have some people that, that come to you and they're pretty easy to work with. So right. know, I, I'm happy to write those up, but I, I, I'm not going to go show 30 houses on a weekend. I, I got <laughs> man. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I totally get no. that. So on the investing side, are you still focused in Indiana and what, what kind of properties are you looking for? And is, is it just you? I know you said you have some JV partners you work with. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple JV guys that I work with, you know, um, I've done deals with family. I've done deals with family, friends. Um, like I said, there's, there's a handful of us. I, I try to be very careful about, you know, who I get into bed with in terms of a JV standpoint. Um, I think it looks very attractive and I see a lot of this on bigger pockets and Facebook, like, yeah. Oh, Hey, let's do a deal. Like it's all this like happy go lucky kind of thing. Yeah. And the reality of it is like, you have to be careful because you may get into that deal six months in, like nobody enters into it. I think a, tr- a partnership like with ill will or ill intentions, right. But you may get into something people just rub you the wrong way. Right. And like, I've had a hard time like trying to be like, Hey man, this is just not going to work. Right. Right. Um, so like I said, I've, as I've gotten older, it's kind of like with the brokerage, like as I've gotten a little bit more clear on what it is I want to do, I try to keep that, that circle a little bit smaller because I'm not doing right. syndication. Right. I'm not saying, Hey, throw me 50 grand, throw me like, I don't want to do the investor relations just yet. I don't want like, right. I love the joint ventures because I can work with people that trust me that I trust them. I can go share a bank account with them with a quarter of a million dollars in there. And I can wake up and be like, okay, the money's still there. Right. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, so that's kind of where like, I, I try to keep that investor circle kind of, kind of small, the same thing, like with shorter term type debt, like, Hey, I'll go raise 50, I'll go raise a hundred, I'll go raise, you know, some of these different amounts to where these people trust me. They know that I will work with their money. Um, right. like it's like, it's my own. And, uh, so that's kind of how I've done it. You know, it's, I think it's going to be harder to go and do that kind of structure on a hundred unit apartment building or a right. 80 unit apartment building. So, you know, as I get closer to, um, closing on some of these deals, I'll probably figure out a, a different structure, but I'm gonna have to find some people that have a little bit bigger, you know, balance sheet in terms of, uh, you know, potential joint venture partners. Totally. Totally. So, so, you, so you, I, you, go ahead. I was gonna say, so your I guess your next your next step is kind of just keep on acquiring multifamily. That's what you're focused on. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. my my there's a like a, a goal of twenty five by twenty five. So I want to have twenty five thousand dollars a month net cash flow coming by twenty five years old. So it'll be twenty five in December. Um, but you know, just like I said, focus on the cash flow. Whether that's you know a handful of single family, like I'm closing a fourplex this week um, with a vacant piece of land next to I'll probably build another fourplex there. Sweet. So we're looking at, you know, some of these smaller multis where we can go and get like pretty cheap short-term type debt, uh, not hard money, true, true private money. Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of tackle them that way. But like I said, when you go and buy an 80 unit apartment building, we're you know, paying a million, you know, 2 million plus. Right. A little bit tougher to do that. So <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta shake some more hands, I guess. Try to find <laughs> you know? For sure. For sure. <laughs> so you have any last thing you want to mention? Uh, anything about your journey so far before we move on to the next section of our show? Um, dude, I'm an open book, man. If you have, if you have questions, I don't want to like just sit here and talk about myself. If there's something you feel like I can add value, I'm happy to speak on it, man. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just kind of sharing your story and what you've shared so far has added a ton of value already. Um, the next set of questions will also, um, will be enlightening as well. So cool, man. we'll move on to the next section of our show, which is the big four. And this is all where right. we ask all of our guests the same four questions. So Zach, number one, what's your number one habit for success? Uh, so I do three things every day, uh, or at least I try to at least every day, um, <laughs> that keep consistency in my life. So it's read, write, and work out. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like a, 
75 hard workout. I'm just like, Hey, I got to move my body. I got to get out. I got to get my muscles moving. Um, reading and writing, you know, those are things that like, I just try to keep consistency. And I feel like those are things that I can control. Right. Um, and, and if I can control those kinds of things, it can kind of help set up my day for a little bit more success and have some sort of structure to my day. Um, so that I can, you know, get the things accomplished that I want to, I don't have like, I'm not the kind of guy that like, okay, every five minutes I have something blocked out. Um, yeah. it's not, I used to be like that. And I felt like I just, I wasn't getting as much done as what I, as what I probably could. Yeah. So like I said, if I can stay consistent on those three things, it sets, it sets me up for success. Cool. Okay. And question number two, limiting beliefs are thoughts in our heads that hold us back from realizing our potential. What is one limiting belief that you were able to crush and how did that impact your life? Um, I think, so you probably have some younger listeners, but like the age thing is, uh, I think is a big thing for a lot of people or, or like tying your age with not really having a whole lot of money for starting right. out. Um, if you can go to people and show them that like you can truly provide value, um, whether that's knowledge or, or some, something that you can, you know, some kind of asset that you can bring to the table um, and be genuine about it. Right. I think that that can go a long way and you're not going to have to worry about your age or how much money you have set aside. Right. Um, people will pick up on that. But at that same, to- at that same token too, like if, if you're just trying to like do it for yourself and, and being a little bit, you know, greedy or selfish with things, like people are going to see right through that. Right. And so like, you have to be, I think to me, transparency and, you know, is huge. And so if you can do that kind of stuff, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't ha- matter how much money you have. Like just go out with the idea of like, Hey, how can I help this person? How can I, you know, solve a problem that they have? I think it'll come back to, you know, to help you out 10 times. I yeah. know that that kind of sounds cliche, but there's been a lot of times where that's happened. Like uh, just organically, I- I'm not even thinking about like, Oh, Hey, like let me help this person out. And then they, you know, put money right, into one right. or something like that. So um, I, I think it's, it's good karma. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. And I just want to touch on another thing you just said about age being one of the big limiting beliefs. Cause I had the limiting belief and I think it's, I think it's a very natural thing to, for yeah, young yeah. people to be like, Oh, how am I supposed to do this? I don't have money. I'm young, all that kind of stuff. The thing that helped me the most was just finding people who are also young, who yeah. are just yeah. a step or two ahead of me and just trying to see how they did it and get advice from them. Because when you're looking at the grand picture and you're looking at these gurus and they're like hundred unit buildings, you're like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. But if you, if you just look at someone one or two steps ahead right, and just follow those steps, you'll be on your way. Yeah. I mean, dude, that like you, you hit the nail on the head. That's a hundred percent right. Like I, I love being like the youngest guy in the room. I still do. Um, because you can be a sponge. You can want like, yeah that's why I like to read because you can save so many years on your life because like people have so much information and you know, this much of a book right? or you know, some of these other guys, not maybe not so much gurus, but there's players out there and, and they, I think are, are inclined to kind of give back because I think it's a selfish thing, right? Like you want to like help that next person in line. You want to like right. give them more information to some extent, right? Um, because it makes you feel good, right? So if you can kind of take, like it's hard, I think, going into and ha- like being able to relate to a guy that's 65 years old and has, you know, a $50 million portfolio. Like that's right. a little bit tougher to, to swallow <laughs> because you're like, dude, I got like 3,700 bucks in my account. Like I don't- Or 37 really, bucks, yeah. Yeah, like I don't really know. <laughs> like I just paid for this event. And, like I don't know. Right? So, you know, I think like 
the more you get out, the more you network, obviously COVID bearing, but I think that can, that can help you a lot. And again, like, dude, go be, don't be afraid to be the youngest guy in the room. Like I'd sit in rooms and I'm like, what are they? They're speaking another language. I, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on, but you know, you, you learn, you read, you listen to podcasts. Like, right. you know, it's, it takes time. Right. So for sure. Okay. Awesome. So question number three, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Um, I see myself not as, uh, involved still doing deals. Cause I I'm like, I got to get an adrenaline rush out of doing deals. Right. Uh, I think they use the term like deal junkie, but, um, I see myself with having like a really nice nest egg prop or like portfolio properties that I have like joint venture wise, um, with people that, you know, I, I really trust and I'm close with. And those things that, that, that portfolio is just churning cash. It's, it's like my, my baby, if you will. And then I think, you know, who knows, I may creep into more syndication in the future, doing some bigger type deals, but I want to really create a track record for myself and really understand the basics and, and kind of working my way up um, all while creating some, some really great cash flow and equity for myself um, and some of the partners I have involved. So I think that there's, there's a, there's a big runway there. Um, right. I want to get outside the state of Indiana. So um, I'll probably get down into Texas eventually. You know, I have cool. a goal to, to buy some properties down there with some, some buddies of mine. Um, so I want to get into some warmer weather. I want to spend more time in, in a warmer climate. Um, I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's that's kind of a big thing for me is spending you know more time in a warmer climate getting properties because there's opportunity everywhere right it doesn't for matter sure. where you live um you just got to be the right place the right time and, and create those opportunities so yeah man i mean i don't have a i'm not like hey man i want to go build a 700 billion dollar company but i, yeah. I want to have complete control uh over my time and, and really to me that's freedom right and if you can right. have as much cash flow coming in as, as what you can dude you, you're going to be in good shape right whether Love that's it multi-family single family storage um like i said i'm a deal junkie so i like to put stuff together <laughs> yeah and and for, for those single families too what i found yeah and i'm sure you like this your deal junkie deal junkie there's a lot more single families out there that yeah. they, at least from my experience so far they seem to move a little bit quicker than the yeah. than the larger multi so yeah i mean dude we like i i bought like seven back in october as a package and um you know it's it's just as much fun as the multi <laughs> the cash flow isn't as big, but it's still a rush, right? Like, <laughs> you know, moving and shaking. Um, so if, like I said, if the deal makes sense, like I'll do it, but uh, it's, it's hard to, to not get the shiny penny syndrome. Right. Cause you can go and do a single family deal pretty easily. Like, okay, Hey, boom, it's going to rent for this. Gonna, you know, right. Buy for that. And, and it's hard to like, especially when you're doing like, you've heard the brewer model and all that stuff. Like the biggest thing with single family is you are at the mercy of an appraiser. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know, you could do a really nice finish on a home. You could have great tenants paying a lot of money, but dude, if the homes that in that area, that neighborhood aren't selling for as much, you're kind of screwed, right? right. At least with commercial, you have a, a little bit of a leg to stand on, you know, from an income approach standpoint. Right. Um, so that's why I really love the, the commercial side of things, even if it's small commercial, right? Eight units, 10 units, 12. Um, if you're first starting out, you're ready to make the jump from single to multi, like, dude, don't be afraid to go buy that six or that eight. Cause right, that's, right. what's going to help you get the foundation to be able to go buy the 20, the 50, the 80. Right. For sure. So. Yeah. So question number four, what is your favorite real estate business or personal development related book? Oh man. Um, so I guess real estate wise, uh, like from a, like apartment, uh, multifamily millions is a good one by Dave Lindahl. Um, I don't know why that one kind of, 
has always stuck with me. I need to probably reread it, but I really like that one. Um, I think it just, it opened my eyes to like, this was in when I was in the transition of trying to buy my first multifamily. And uh, it kind of helped me understand the basics without like getting too into the weeds, like IRR and like all these crazy terms (laughs) of like, you know, dude, just go buy a building that cash flows. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That was, that was a really good one for me. Um, another one that I, I like a lot. So, uh, it's the richest man in Babylon. Like it's a yeah. little bit simpler, but I've read, I've read that a couple of times. It just like when I first got started, it was like pivotal for me to be able to like get a, get a, like a hold on my finances. And I right. think the, the sooner you can do that, especially as a young person, the better off you're going to be to set yourself up for investing because, you know, you can like go out and, and have all this knowledge and this, that, and the other, but at some point in time, as you start to get money coming in or you have equity in these properties, you need to have control of your finances so that you can go and do more of it. Right. So. Great, great point. And, yeah, and I, I, I've read Richest Man in Babylon. I haven't read, uh, what do you say? Uh, millionaire. Multi, multifamily Millions. Multi-family, yeah, it's a good one. Multi-family. It's a good one. I mean, it's, it's not like very long read, but it's yeah. just simple. Dave Lindahl is freaking cool. He just crushed it in the multifamily space. Um, and it was funny, like, I, like after I did a couple like multifamily deals, he actually had a building in one of the markets I had that he was trying to sell. Oh, no and way. The, and the broker approached me and I, I don't know what had happened. Like the building was completely vacant. Like, I think he lost his ass on it, but yeah, I was like, Hmm, that's, it's just a small world, man. Right. Yeah. So you, <laughs> like you start, you know, meeting and networking with some of these people, like you quickly realize who the players are, who, you know, who right. kind of does what and, and how they are. So. You know? Very cool. <laughs> yeah, man. And you, did you did you end up buying that one or no? No, no, oh. I, I I passed on it. <laughs> yeah, it was, that that would have been, been a cool full circle. Yeah, I guess. Like, hey, man, I read your book. Now you're gonna sell me your happy building. <laughs> so, Love it. So, yeah, Zach, where can listeners get a hold of you? Uh, so, dude, I'm pretty I'm pretty active on Instagram, Zach Um, you know, you're welcome to reach out via email, Zach at ZachHarris.com. Um, I'm always happy to chat, you know, talk through deals, look at deals. Um, like I said, I love to talk shop. It's, it's like I said, it's a rush for me in terms of being a deal junkie. So, um, ZachHarris.com, I got some information on there. Probably need to update a website, but dude, you got, you got a lot of moving parts trying to do oh, yeah. deals. You want to do a web, you want to do a website, you want to do a deal, right? <laughs> so, love it. Love it. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, great. Great meeting you first and foremost, and just kind of diving into your, diving into your story. I see a lot of, it's just, it's just cool to see like my shadow five years down the line and kind of see where where you, yeah, appreciate it. I I really appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to watching you grow. Well, thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast. For more resources or to connect with us further, please visit our website www.baileykramer.com. We'll see you next time.